What's up, Switches? Welcome back to Recap Magnet's podcast, a podcast about TV by people who love TV. I am Chara, and I'm here as always with Mel and Crystal. And hey! Today we are continuing on with our Season 3 recap uh, of Motherland Fort Salem with Episode 5, Session in Session. <laughs> <laughs> It was clever naming. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I do. I do appreciate that. <laughs> so the good news is we thought we were only getting six episodes, but we're getting more than that. Looks like it might be a full 10 episode season, which that's good news, but Yay. it's still coming to an end. So boo. Right. <laughs> it's like a little good news, but still right. kind of sad overall. <laughs> we get a few more episodes, but it's still over after that. So thumbs down. <laughs> But since we are still nearing the end of the series, I want to do these last episodes a little bit differently from the way we normally do, um, just so we have more time to talk about the episode and like analyze what's happening. So rather than our normal like scene-by-scene scene recap, I'm going to kind of hit the major highlights, and then we'll talk about where we think things are going and analyze what's happening. Sounds good. Cool. So let's get started with uh, Silver, his little oversight team or whatever, <laughs> is now in place at Fort Salem. So there's big changes taking place. The mother tongue class is shut down, which doesn't really make any sense to me. Like the first thing I thought was mother tongue is supposed to be the root of all of the other languages. So what sense does it make to shut down the mother mother tongue class? It's not that much of a secret if that's where every other language comes from. Mm, that's a good point. I think, I feel like they know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know something we don't, so we just want to mm -hmm. shut it down immediately. Like, it's just, we want to control it. Or if we can't control it, we want it to not exist and not be propagated. I mean, it, it's still its own distinct language. And, like, yeah. what's the first thing colonizers do mm. when they colonize? They strip you yep. of your language. Yeah. No, sure. Well, they lock you up, they kill you. And then they strip you of your language. Exactly. <laughs> strip the language from whoever's left. Yep, exactly. Like, you're going to speak only our language. You're yep. not going to have your own secret language, excuse me. No. So they are being really weird. And shutting things down at Motherland at Fort Salem, so it's it's well it's all weird. <laughs> but I did like that the instructor was like talking cash shit about this man behind his back. Yes. <laughs> um, and I feel like you know that was a really nice moment because the you know the colonizer knew that he was being you know made fun of, but it wasn't anything he could do about it. And I liked <laughs> like how they introduced this whole idea because like. You know, it's just kind of like young cadets. And we remember back when the Bellwether unit were like young, you know, spry cadets. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, and we don't know these new cadets, but we can see like that tr their tradition is is keeping, you know, keep going. And um, that was just a really nice moment, I thought. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly didn't think it was that many like cadets and stuff left after. Mm after the plague, but it's nice to see that they still have like pretty good numbers. Yeah. But speaking of our bellwether unit, um, the council has finally arrived and Abigail, Tally, Adil, and Scylla have to meet with them and like learn what their fate is going to be. 
Um, and Nikta is just immediately like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, uh, that's my cue to leave. <laughs> yeah. Time for me to go. <laughs> so Nikta takes off before the meeting and while they meet with the council, they try to like butter the council up by having a deal greet each of them in their own language, which I thought was cute. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> yes. I really enjoyed that. I'm just saying, seeing like this, like Native American council, I want to know so much more about the session. I know. <laughs> like that's their entire, it's like, they did they just like, like the middle of the country is ours and you can't take it from us <laughs> right <laughs> this is us <laughs> that's you <laughs> you can have that exactly because <laughs> they were like talking like this is a distinct country and it is separate from the rest of the u.s yeah yeah I'm and then so on the curious. other side like the two other sides are America, so they're kind of surrounded by America, but they're their own thing. I would love an entire season set in session. Yes! Yeah, that would be interesting. Their work is so, like, their work is very different, and, you know, like, and, and just kind of learning this new, you know, um, way of being in, like, sociopolitical um I love the intrigue of these kinds of stories and there's just so much intrigue to be had when you have like a full council of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another disappointing thing about the show ending is there's just so many more stories that could have been told that won't be now. Yeah. I hope they make a, a, a media tie in paperbacks. Something. We need this story to continue somehow. Yeah. I, I want it to, yeah. But while the unit is um, meeting with the council, they're per- fully prepared to just start pleading their case, but the council is like, eh, no, we have already decided. We don't need to hear anything. Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> You're going back to D.C. That's it. <laughs> Abigail's face. I know. She was meant to be tied. <laughs> She's like, excuse me. I am Abigail Bellwether and I needed to say something and you're not letting me say it they're like we don't (laughs) care but they the interesting thing about the council though is they don't believe that the Camarilla are real at first yeah yeah that is interesting and I kind of get it like they're like oh you're just trying to use this ploy so you can you know do something I don't know exactly what your plan is but it's (laughs) It's a ploy and it kind of shows that America and the session have a very un, you know, like a unsteady alliance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they don't seem to really interact or share information at all. Nope. Don't trust each other at all. Mm-mm. But they do manage to convince some of the council members that what they're saying is true. Um, so then there's a debate on whether to shelter them or send them back. And Scylla presents an interesting third option, which is just let us go. <laughs> <laughs> which that ends up being the one that they go with. The council decides to let them go, but with one catch. And it's a big one. It's that none of them can ever return to the session, including Raelle. What did Raelle do? She wasn't even there. 
like, <laughs> <even> here. <laughs> He's trying to tell her she can't return to her home <laughs> ever again. She wasn't even in it. <laughs> it nothing to do with the factory fire. She's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Rail is somewhere. Like, why am I in it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's just in the mother, wondering why she is included in this mess. <laughs> but Thelma, who just seems to be angry for no reason, um. <laughs> decides to collar them all so they can't use their powers to try to escape before she escorts them out of the session. Which turns out to be a very bad idea. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> and then it all goes awry. <laughs> yes, it does. As always. As is par for the course for the Bellwether unit. <laughs> but we finally find out the fate of Anacostia um, and Sterling. She was actually able to save Sterling's life. Oh my gosh, so happy. Which, that was a relief. Yes. I, I thought he was gone. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was done. <laughs> so that was a good that was a good surprise that he's okay, sort of. I mean, they're strapped to tables waiting for the Camarilla to cut their throats out, but <laughs> that's not great. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a great situation to be in, but he's alive. <laughs> And fortunately, Anacostia has picked up a thing or two from working with Scylla, and she's able to free them by having the Camarilla kill each other. And then she's apparently also learned the working for wearing another face because she takes one of their faces to disguise herself so they can escape. Which, that was cool. I did not know Anacostia knew that work. Yeah, and you could tell in her face, like her facial expression, she was like, is he going to judge me? Like, is this even like a good idea to do right now? But it's just like, look, we got to get out of here. So <laughs> I can't be worried about it. <laughs> it's nice to know that the Camarilla overestimates their ability so much they don't even think of gagging the witches. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really think they've got this thing covered. They do. <laughs> But before Anacostia and Sterling escape, they take a detour because she says, you know, they need to find out exactly what the Camarilla are up to before they escape. And they go around the corner and find just thousands of Camarilla soldiers lined up and training. How'd they get so many people? Right. Where's that money come from? Is it being funneled like through the government? Yeah, since they're so deeply embedded in the White House, I can only imagine they're like funneling through the government and corporations, like all kinds of different places. Yeah. But I wonder what, like, what's the witch population in comparison to the general population? It can't be that many. Yeah, I feel like they must be very much a minority for for Mm -hmm. the Camarilla to have recruited that many people. Yeah. But I would like to know those numbers. <laughs> I mean, because if all witches in the entire country go to one place mm-hmm. to get trained, that place isn't very big. There can't be yeah. that many witches. Yeah. True. That is a good point. Whereas if the Kimberly is getting their money from like the churches, with how much money is always funneled through them, oof, their oh, yeah. revenue stream could be endless. 
That is true. But Alder is continuing to collect her witch Pokemon and she's hiding them in a replica of the home she grew up in. And she and Kalita have a talk and they bond over the shared trauma of having their parents murdered by the Camarilla. Which I really liked that scene because it's like a complete 180 from where they started in season one. Yeah. Yep. Like now you're sisters. You hated each other in season one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All it took was all of them die. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And she became such like so much more casual, so much looser, (laughs) so much easier to bond with. (laughs) Yeah. She is not as intense as she was when she was alive. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Not at all. This is like chill, Alder. <laughs> She's on her like her her journey, her like journey to self discovery. <laughs> right. Pray love journey. <laughs> this is witch eat pray love. <laughs> <laughs> so later that night, uh, back at the hotel in the session where the bellwether unit is being held, um, Abigail starts to hear like a buzzing noise coming from the intercom system while she's talking to Adil. And they go check it out, and she hears Anacostia's voice saying they're going to get them out of there. So they go downstairs to check it out, thinking Anacostia is there, and they're attacked by the Camarilla, which one of them is playing dead on the floor. I'm like, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) This is a really weird tactic, but okay, do what you do. But those they can handle. They kind of quickly dispatch of those three Camarilla agents that are there. But then our boy Hurst appears. Why isn't he dead yet? Evil just, it it just lives. It lives forever. This man is like Michael Myers. Like, just (laughs) (laughs) It's like Palpatine. (laughs) So he's kind of learned how to use that throat he stole from a witch and starts attacking them. And Adil uses the little, like, I guess it's a mushroom that Kalita gave him to kind of send up a flare and call Kalita back. But Alder goes in her place. She tells Kalita to stay there. And she goes. Because they, they can't really fight back. Because they don't have their powers. They're collared. So they don't really have much to work with. Which is right. so crazy. I mean, I know, obviously, um, you know, I get it. Uh, but And I knew the minute that they got those collars on, somebody was going to attack them. They <laughs> defenseless. <laughs> exactly. I just don't see why she put the collars on them. Because, like, they had been there for, what, days, weeks? I don't, they I don't even know. They didn't able to do anything. Right. <laughs> They didn't escape before, so. They got put to sleep, forcibly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, maybe it was because before they had hope that they were going to stay, be allowed to stay in the session. And now that that hope is gone, you don't know how they're going to react. So, But from what we've seen of the marshals work, like, they they can't get out of it anyway. (laughs) Didn't the marshal leave with the rest of the... um, Council? Yeah, they, they, he took the president. Oh, yeah, he's he the president. 
but he put the wards up, so they probably couldn't get out of it if they wanted to. But before Hearst can finish them off, um, Thelma comes back and she saves them. And it's at that point that she finally understands the situation. And now she's like, okay, yeah, we have to fight. So they go outside and Hearst is waiting for them with even more Camarilla agents. And they have unfortunately captured Rael's dad, Edwin. Which, why is Edwin in it? Right, Poe was just minding his business, living his little life, hoping his daughter comes back, and here we go. Right, that man was at home, not knowing what's going on, minding his business. Why are you putting him in it? Because they needed a hostage, and he was the easiest one to take. But Hearst tells Hearst tells Edwin that Rael is dead, and Scylla is like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing this. And then he threatens to kill Edwin if they don't surrender. So, you know, Scylla is at that point ready to surrender, but Edwin's like, nope. And he tries to fight back and they start to cut his throat when suddenly Alder appears and like blows one of them up. <laughs> that was quite the entrance. Yeah. I, I really like, appreciated okay. that. <laughs> That's a nice entrance there. <laughs> And then she does that to the rest of them. <laughs> Kablooey. <laughs> Loved it. Me too. I was like, it. <laughs> but I did notice, like, when she tried to go for her, she couldn't do it. I wonder why that was. I, think it's I was thinking because voice. of the throat. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He recognized that throat and was like, no, I can't do that. Like, not wanting to harm another witch, I guess. Yeah. So he escapes again. (laughs) (laughs) For the 47th time. (laughs) You know, when they were, when that Anacostia and um, Silver were like in that guard room, or Anacostia was in the guard room with the guard, and he was was talking about how Hearst was such a hero for undergoing that surgery and getting the the witch voice in him because it's so disgusting. I was like, ugh. Uh, yeah, good grief. Yeah. Uh, it just brought back so many moments in history of like the oppressor being like, oh yeah, I'm going to take this part from you and this part from you and this part from you, even though yeah. I hate you. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But I'm still going to use your parts for me yep. and my benefit. Right. Exactly. Just dehumanizing and, and, and literally cannibalizing uh, people. Yeah, that was a little too realistic for me. <laughs> yeah, they do. They get some of these like comments and behaviors a little bit too. <laughs> it's a little too authentic for me to be like comfortable. But I guess that's the that's the mark of good writing. I guess. Yeah. Let's make it a little more fantasy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Can we introduce some elves or something? Like, right. What, why is this like this? Let's stick to the magic and less of the real racism. (laughs) Less racism, more magic. (laughs) More magic. (laughs) So Alder takes care of the Camarilla situation, but she is not doing too well at the end there. 
Um, I guess it's taken up a lot of her energy. And also like the mother is still being poisoned and that's affecting her. But the good news is, well, I guess it's kind of good news, is the Bellwether unit is no longer being kicked out of the session. Right. <laughs> like you gotta you have to touch a touch a, st- a hot stove to get burnt and then you finally like, oh <laughs> oh so you weren't lying about the Camarilla got it <laughs> <laughs> got it <laughs> I mean when you think about it like the witch plague was all over Fort Salem and it was broadcast live throughout the whole country <laughs> I'm like, does the session just not watch TV? Like, how (laughs) did they think they put the witch plague in Fort Salem themselves? Like, why would they do that? (laughs) (laughs) Why would they do that? (laughs) But you know what? It it kind of... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just think, was it another... Did they think it was another witch that made the witch plague that would kill them, too? But... (laughs) For me, I thought it was, like, one of those things where... Once you get a hold of the narrative, it doesn't have to make sense. You just have to be like, you, look at our own politics. Like stuff don't have to make sense. It just has to be emphatic. It just has to be enforced. Like, wait, th- you know, two plus two don't mean equal uh, bird. But <laughs> like, if, if you say it enough and if the people in charge, you know, insist, you know, it's kind of like it, it reminds me of like the war propaganda when they were like, you know, we go overseas to fight for your freedoms. No, you don't. You got to fight for oil. Like, what does that got to do with me? You know, kind of thing. So it's like, it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. Just people just blindly believe. Yep. Yeah, that's how this episode ends. Um, with Alder kind of not doing so great, so... Hopefully we find out in the next episode like what's going on with the mother and how do they fix it. <laughs> I miss Rael. I yeah. know. Like I think they've done a really good job of like keeping the story going and keeping her as a presence in it mm-hmm. even though she's not physically there but it, it does kind of throw things off when she's not there. Yeah. I think we got so used to the three of them, Abigail and Tally and Riel, being together and fighting together that it's it's definitely noticeable to not have Riel there. Yeah. But at least they do always, like, she's always in the conversation. She's yeah. always part of the conversation. So yeah. we never really forget that she exists. It's just we don't see her. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I still, again, I just, you know, I'm definitely going to, after everything's all said and done, I'm definitely going to binge the whole thing, but I know how, um, how satisfying it's going to be to see, um, how <laughs> Rael and, um, and Abigail were at each other's throats at first, but now there's sisters. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just love it so much. Yeah. I get thinking of that scene. They kept replaying over and over again when they were showing the first season of when they were doing the training. And they were going over the wall, and then Rael and Abigail were like glaring at each other through the wood. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that scene. <laughs> that Abigail was like, if I could set you on fire with my gaze alone. <laughs> and Rael's like, bring it. Exactly, yep. Try it, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Back when they really used to get on Anacostia's nerves. 
Oh my god, that poor woman. <laughs> she deserved the pay raise. She was so over them. Right. <laughs> and it was so funny because like in the beginning, like um Rael would just leave out of training and do it literally whatever she wanted. <laughs> she was so she was so like, I won't be, I won't be hemmed up. <laughs> Just gone all the time. <laughs> In the necrodorm all the time. Like you don't live here. <laughs> you have training. You have class in like 15 minutes and you're still here. <laughs> Damn it always come back like she didn't do anything. Like you're late. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, in trouble. Oh. We got in trouble because of you. Well, you know, that's not my problem. <laughs> right? Like, oh, well. We're just in trouble then. <laughs> and then they go into, um, to train and then, like, blow everybody else away <laughs> by being the best. I'm glad they're friends now. <laughs> exactly. I miss the good old days, though. When all I they know. Pass their classes. <laughs> It was so much simpler, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, it was less complicated when everything just happened on the grounds of Fort Salem. <laughs> Even then, it was like all there was puppeting the president. <laughs> right. <laughs> Things were like, it was like a more controlled chaos. Now it's just chaos, yeah. chaos. But <laughs> yeah. Course. There were still wild things going on, but yep. <laughs> they had more moments of fun, like Beltane. <laughs> Oh my god, that was so much fun. I love that episode. I hope the new students, the new cadets, get to do Beltane. But they don't shut that down. I hope so, because they're not having any fun right now. Right. (laughs) They are just having the worst training experience possible. Exactly. It's like my my class, you know, I finally get here and this is what I have to deal with. There's humans. I mean, not humans. There's like non-witches everywhere. Right. They're like, great. There's a war. <laughs> I just got here. Exactly. But the Spree have been quiet, though. Well, the Spree are like, there's really no point in us anymore because <laughs> the Camarillo was all dead. So, yeah, I do wonder what... Um, yeah, I would love to get like a, a kind of like a button on the spree because it's like, obviously Nicta was the leader, but um, I'm sh- you know they were all different cells, so like it wasn't like everybody was lockstep. So like, what happened to like? Did they all just realize oh the Camry is the real enemy and like what are they doing? They're not they're not joining Fort Salem. Like where are they? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because they were. Like, I know they had a pretty extensive organizational structure and different people in charge of different, like, groups. So, like, what did they do? Did they just all, like, did somebody send down word and say, okay, our biggest problem is the Camarilla, so let's just focus on that? Yeah. Because if so, then where are they? Where are they? Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe that's part of the finale. We're going to see, like you know, the, the spree that have been quietly underneath, you know, doing works underneath are going to like show up in a big way. Mm, yeah. That would, that would be, be interesting. Because nice. right now it looks like they're just hiding. Yeah. <laughs> right. They just went to hide and that was it. 
<laughs> or, I mean, it almost feels like the show itself dropped them as a concept. Yeah, I just wish there was more mention of them other than, like, Scylla talking about when she used to be Spree. Yeah, exactly. Because it just seems like everybody just forgot about them in there. Yep. So it would be nice. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Because the the, um, general public doesn't even know what a Camarilla is. So, like, shouldn't they still be thinking, where's the Spree? I hope, you know, we haven't had any Spree attacks, so I guess that's good, but... Right. You know, what, where are they? Like, what are they plotting? Yeah. I would I like to have some kind of closure on like, what they're doing or where yeah. they are. Yeah. I would like some uh, accountability. Because <laughs> <laughs> the spree work that did kind of push the Camarilla into. They're again the saying that witches are evil. <laughs> yeah. Right. You kind of paved the way for this to happen, so. <laughs> How do you feel now? <laughs> I would kind of like you to be more active in the fight then. <laughs> exactly. Actually, you know what? I'm really surprised that, I mean, I guess it's under, like, the tone is there. Like, there's an undertone of this, but I'm I'm actually surprised they haven't pressed a little bit more on that um, reality with Nicta since we've got so much of her. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the season, I would think that, um, that would have come back up again. It did last season, but I would, I would think that it would come back up again, especially like when the council, the council, you know, I could see the council being like, okay, so you were, you were spree running around doing all this. And now this is where we're at, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially Thelma. I'm surprised she didn't yeah. say that. Right. Hopefully we'll get something in these next few episodes. Yep. I want it to be before the final episode, though. Yes. I yeah. feel like that's too late. I need it to be before then. Yep. I agree. But we shall see. Yeah. Well, that is it for our recap of episode five. Uh, we will be back with episode six. And in the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at It's Recap Madness, or you can email us at recapmadness at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Bye!